0: God is good. Give the Lord a hand today, can you? Well, I'm going to share with you out of the, the Word of the Lord today, out of Luke chapter 20 and verses 22 to 25. And I want to just um, share briefly on um, the things that belong to God, the things that belong to God. Uh, it. I'm going to read out of Luke 20 verses 22 through 25 and uh, let's stand and read this together. And I think I'm reading this out of, uh, it's not the King James or New King James, so follow along whatever version you you have. I, I picked the one that I think says it best and this really said it right for me. We're jumping into the middle of the Pharisees trying to trap Jesus with a trick question. And they approach him and they say, Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus knew they were trying to trap him. And he said, show me a piece of money. Whose picture is this? Whose name is on it? And they said, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, and I think this is one of the most profound statements Jesus ever made, and it's so loaded with life-changing truth. Jesus said to them, pay to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar." and pay to God the things that belong to God. Now, I want you to notice one thing before we're seated. Jesus said that there are legitimately some things owed to Caesar. And how many of you know our Caesar is the IRS, and you better better honor owing them? But now, Jesus said there are some things that belong to God. There are some things that belong to God. There are some things that we owe to God. Well, what would they be? Well, I'm going to share two of them with you today. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless it to our hearts and thank you for feeding our spirits in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you. Now, here's Jesus saying, We are to honor God with certain things in our life. He said, Pay to God the things that belong to God. What a concept because you think about God and you kind of tend to think he doesn't need anything from me he's God he can create anything that he wants but here's what God cannot create and did not create God did not create automatons he didn't create robots that that have no choice but to do what he programmed them to do he created people with a will you've got a will and I've got a will And here's what God doesn't have unless we give it to him. There are two things he does not have. He doesn't have you, and he does not have our first fruits unless we give them. When God made man, we are the only creature that God created that has a will. And we can either turn away from him or we can turn towards him. Now, yes, our our hearts are touched by grace, and we are influenced by the Holy Spirit, but we also have a will. And a lot of walking with Christ has to do with the battle of the will. Uh, it's a battle. We know what the will of God is, but we can say with Paul so often, what I want to do, that's not what I do. And the very thing I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this death? And there is this conflict on the inside of the will. Because we know the will of God, but how many of you can say this week I did not fulfill perfectly the will of God at least once? Ooh, y'all better get your hands up in the air. So what is it that Jesus said belong to God? He said, Pay to God the things that belong to God. Well, here's the first thing that belongs to God. You. You. You know, um, Christianity does not work for some people. I've had people say to me, you know, I tried Christianity and it just didn't work. So now I'm hugging trees or I'm a Buddhist or whatever. And the reason I'm out of church and out of my walk with uh, Jesus is because it just didn't work for me. It did not really work. Well, let me tell you something. Christianity is an all or nothing proposition. It is not going to work unless he has first us see we see our salvation i think in the west i don't know about the east or you know i've I've been around the world some but i know western christianity has really developed and evolved into a watered down diluted understanding of what christianity really is of what a walk with jesus really is and what i think we have tended to do in the west is we compartmentalize God. We give, we compartmentalize everything. We compartmentalize our families, our finances, our jobs, and we compartmentalize God. We give Him our Sunday. We come in and kind of punch the religious time clock, say, I've done my duty for God and my country. Now I'm going to go home and live my life unto myself the way that I really want. And we don't understand that when Jesus approached, anybody he laid out an all or nothing proposition and Christianity just doesn't work you can't drive a car without gasoline you can't fly a plane without wings and you cannot have a successful christian life until he first has you not part of you he's got to have all of you pay to god the things that are gods well You might wonder, well, then what is God's? The Bible tells us that our bodies are to be a gift to God. Listen to Romans 12, one through two. He says, Christian brothers, I ask you from my heart to give your bodies to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is worship. We tend to think when I go to church and lift my hands, I've worshiped, and you have. But when you wake up Monday morning and you give yourself to God, you have just offered to him a sweet-smelling sacrifice. That's worship. When you give yourself not 50%, 60 or 70 but 100% to God. That's what the New Testament teaches, and this is why Christianity doesn't work for a lot of people because you're not going to have an encounter with God. You're not going to experience the fullness of God's Spirit. You're not going to experience the fullness of God's blessing until he has all of you. When you give him all of you, he will give you all of him. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. It's not just salvation, fire insurance. I'm going to heaven someday, so now I've got my, my eternal fire insurance. No, it is, I've given my whole life to God. He saved me not just for the hereafter, but for the here and now. And I'm to glorify him in the here and now. So he goes on, let your bodies be a living and a holy gift given to God. Now listen to what he goes on and says. He is pleased with this kind of gift. This is the true worship you should give him. So when I say, Lord, I give you my whole being. I give you my body, my mind, my future, my past, all that I am or ever can be. It's yours. And that's where the Bible comes along and says to us, You have been purchased, bought with a price. The currency was the blood of Christ. That was the price. He laid that currency at hell's counter and purchased us from death and hell and the grave. So that now, we're purchased. And I think a lot of overcoming sin is linked to understanding that we're no longer our own. We are no longer our own. You know, I learned a long, long time ago, there's nobody that doesn't serve something. And you're either going to serve the Lord or you're going to serve sin. It's very clear in the word of God. You're going to serve the Lord or you're going to serve sin. Jesus said, you can't serve two different things whatever you serve, it has to be one thing. And you're going to serve one thing more than you serve any single thing. You're going to serve one thing more than anything else. And if it's not him, you're going to serve yourself. And if you serve yourself, you're going to serve sin. And so there's something that happens in total surrender that plays a huge part in delivering us from sin. Listen to what he said. In Romans 6, Paul says, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. Wow, that's powerful. And I don't think Western Christians really understand this right here. Because I see so many of them in church on Sunday and then living like the world the rest of the week. And you just can't do that. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. It, it, it won't work. That's why Christianity doesn't work for some people. Because he's got to have all of you. All of you. And when he has all of you... Listen, I never had an encounter with God until two years after I was saved... I gave my whole life to him. Somehow I picked up the message, went to a Bible study or something, and all of a sudden the understanding hit me that I was called to totally surrender. I didn't know I was called to the ministry. I just knew I was called to lordship, the lordship of Christ. And when I totally surrendered, that's when the Holy Spirit just overwhelmed me with his presence. When you look in the Bible, you see That that God always consumed, always received what was totally given to him. I don't think you can be filled with the Holy Spirit unless he has all of you. He's got to have all of you. And it can't be compartmentalized. You know, I was sharing with the first service, I read read that men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. You say, well, how in the world could that be? What do you mean? Men are like waffles in that. They compartmentalize everything in little squares. You can have your family here. you can have your walk with God here. you have your money here. you have your extracurricular activities here, sports here. sports has a huge square <laughs> and, and and men have the ability to compartmentalize things that 's why they can go through such terrible stuff and, and and come out on the other side. They can compartmentalize suffering. they can lay it aside. To, to go for a goal they can they can forget about their family when they walk out the door and go off to work and then when they're headed home they bring the family back and they get in the family square and they can compartmentalize but women it's all mushed up in one come on ladies can i give you all a, a, just a, some, some surprising news today that you're not going to get from abc cbs nbc or cnn men and women are different and you can't deny your gender i rejoice in my gender and if you're a woman you ought to rejoice in your gender god made you what he made you but women man whatever touches them over here touches the whole thing because they are more emotional and they are more invested in their emotions than men are so women are like spaghetti and men are like waffles but i think western christians are like waffles we give god sunday if we're real spiritual, we give him Wednesday night. And if we're in huge trouble, we go to prayer. But as soon as we walk away from church, we go into another square. Can I just tell you, God did not call us to do that, but God wants to be the whole waffle. Seek first the kingdom of God. And it, it all begins with giving him you. And when you give him you, and you surrender your life, and you walk with Him every day, and you want His will more than any single thing. That's real Christianity. That's not fanatical Christianity, that's real Christianity. Anything other than that is subpar, subnormal, diluted, and polluted Christianity. And you'll find that when He has all of you, you begin to experience God in ways you never did before so he wants you Jesus said give to God the things that are his well you are his so give you to him amen now there's a second thing I want to talk about today and that's the first fruits God is a God of first fruits now I'm going to begin to minister on this today and I'm going to I'm going to probably touch on this in uh, the weeks to come because we've got to understand, as you read the Bible, that God is a God of first things. Jesus said, seek not second, third, lastly, or leftover. Seek first the kingdom of God. So Jesus is a Lord of priority. There, are, there is a first thing with God. Now listen to what he said to the people in Exodus 13, all the way back to the people of the Exodus, he said, after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, he's telling them, you're you're about to get blessed. Now, after he blesses you and gives you the land, as he promised on oath to you and your forefathers, you are to give over. Now, listen to this. You are to give over to the Lord the first the first offspring of every womb all the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord well now that passage is riddled with first things first there are there are priorities with God and I want you to notice that he says here to these people he said I'm going to bless you, but I don't want you to ever forget my blessing. And so I want you to learn to give me the firstborn of your livestock. Now, he was talking to uh, farmers and cattlemen, and their cattle was their paycheck. So let's understand this. That was their paycheck. And as those cattle increased and reproduced, that was like the blessing of their investment. And so God said, as your investment, as your income, as, your, as what you, your material possessions increase, I want you to give to me the firstborn. I want the first. And the first is mine. Now, I'm so hesitant to talk about this. It bothers me because we hear so much hokey stuff about money out there and uh, what really disturbs me, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, is when I hear messages that are equating your spirituality, your spiritual level, with how much you possess. And for me, that is almost heresy, because the Bible never measures spirituality by things you possess. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the things he possesses. So, I believe spirituality is measured by spiritual fruitfulness, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, Christ-likeness. That's how you measure somebody's spiritual level. The more somebody walks in love and in patience and in joy and in spiritual consistency, that's how you measure spiritual maturity, not by what you possess. But we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because there is a real principle of first fruits. And this is what I want to get over to us today. Um, first, you give him yourself. But then Jesus said, give to God the things that are God, God's. And he gave that in the context of talking about money. First things first is a key to walking with God. There are more than 500 verses in the Bible concerning prayer. More than 500. There are more than 500 verses in the Bible concerning faith, but more than 2,000 verses on the subject of money and possessions. Did you know that Jesus talked about money in 16 of his 38 parables? In 16 of his 38 parables, he talked about money. How many of you can say with me today, I guarantee you money matters to me? Oh, come on, everybody. Everybody. Money matters to all of us because no money, you don't eat. You have no shelter. You have no car. You have no life. I mean, you might be saved, but that's about it. Everybody needs it. Jesus talked about it in 16 of his 38 parables. Money. Exodus 13, 2. God said through Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb, Among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. Now, I want you to stop and think about this. God is saying the first fruits, your increase, the first fruits of it belongs to me. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's God's. It belongs to God. Remember Jesus' words. He said, give to God the things that are God's. And in Exodus, God says the first fruits are his. Now, did you ever wonder why God accepted Abel's offering and not Cain's? It says in Genesis 4, 4, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn, the firstborn of his flock. What was Abel doing? They were coming to God. We can only assume it was some kind of a sin offering, some kind of a something to placate god's wrath against sin they both knew that they were to bring an offering but cain brought an offering from the field and it has had nothing to do with the first fruits of his increase and god rejected it but abel it says brought of the first fruits of his increase and god accepted it and god turned around and said to cain who was livid with fury said, if you would do the same thing, Cain, would you not also be accepted? What was God saying? He was saying, I honor the firstfruits. I honor the firstfruits. Folks, we got to get this in our mind that this is a real principle with God. I like this saying. It's been said that any first thing given is never lost. And any first thing not given is always lost. Have you ever given something to God and it was a first fruit, either yourself or first fruits from increase or your time or whatever it happened to be, and not seen God bless you for it? Never, because God blesses the first fruits. So I'm going to read this again. It's been said that any first thing given is never lost, because you can't outgive God. And any first thing not given is always lost. Robert Morris wrote in his book, The Blessed Life, quote, what we give to God, we don't lose because God redeems it for us. God redeems it for us. But what we withhold from God, we will lose. Whatever we withhold from God, we will lose. But what we give to God, folks, when we give him first fruits, here's what God is saying. I'm going to redeem the rest. I'm going to redeem the rest. So let's just take our finances, for example. When God says, the firstborn is mine, that's his way of saying in 21st century lingo, when you get the paycheck, there's a first fruits that is mine. And if you learn to give me the first fruits, I'm going to redeem the rest. I'm going to redeem the rest. Now, I'm not saying if you give 10, you're going to get a hundred back from God or any of this silliness that we hear a lot out there. But here's the promise. If you honor God with the first fruits, then God's hand is going to be on the rest and he's going to redeem it. I mean, when you gave him you, did he not redeem it? I mean, look where you used to be. Look what you used to do. And when you said, Lord, come into my life, I give you me. What did he do? He redeemed the rest. And he's not done yet. That redemption moves down through your life, and I believe down through generations. So whatever we give God, folks, God then, according to his word, will redeem it. So there is a powerful principle to the first fruit. Didn't Jesus say, whoever wants to save his life will lose it? See, we think, well, I'm going to live life my way. I'm gonna do it my way. I'm not gonna give the Lord me or mine. And you know what you end up doing? Thinking you're getting it, you actually end up losing it. You lose your life. But when we give Him us, He says that's when you find life. Amazing. See, the first of anything belongs to God. We can give God the first of our time. You know, I've noticed this with my time. Have you ever noticed if you get up and get with God and you say, Lord, I'm here to spend some time with you, I'm going to pray and I'm going to read your word. Have you noticed that if you'll put God first in your day, he redeems the rest of the day? You know, I was listening to Joyce Myers last night. I like Joyce because Joyce is real. I was telling the first service, I feel like I know Dave. Dave this, Dave that. You know, Dave puts up with a lot sitting on that front row, her telling everything on him. But she said, she said, when God first began to deal with me about giving him the first of my day, she said, I have begun now to order my day around getting with God instead of trying to find somewhere during my day to put God. I'm, I'm just, I've learned to, to shape my whole day around getting with God instead of looking for a place to put God somewhere in my day and she said I'm not a nice person she said I'll be honest with you naturally I'm not nice you don't want to be around me I'm kind of ornery she said this she said I'm grouchy so I've learned that if I get with God I'm nicer he makes me sweeter he said my kids used to say to me mom we want breakfast what are you doing off in that room get out here and make us breakfast And she said finally I went out there and said to them you better thank God I'm in this room you better start telling me to go to my room Because you wouldn't like me in the morning if I hadn't first gotten with God see if you spend time with the Lord he makes you sweeter if you spend time with God it just sort of it just sort of makes the day a redeemed day so there's something about giving God the first of everything and you know if you stop and think about it it takes faith to give God the first fruits you know why because the first fruits are often given before any tangible results can be seen you know, our church, we gave in the Christmas time, in the month of December, we gave right at around $40,000, sent it off to missions, <clears throat> did all kinds of things with it, fed the poor, helped people with benevolence. We gave away a bunch of money. We sowed it. And I'd be lying. if I, I, I would call Goldie, who's on the financial committee, and I'd say, Goldie, how much is left? You say, well, there's 12000 $13,000 left. We still need to give away Because we were giving, by faith, 20% of what comes in. And so there were a few times I thought, what are you doing? You're in a building program. You're about to go into a major financial undertaking. And there were times it took some faith to call another mission and say, we're going to send you $5,000. When I thought, why can't we just make us a mission? How many of you just want to make yourself a mission? But we would give it. We gave it. And you know what? Because we gave first fruits and then some, God's going to redeem the rest. God's going to redeem the rest. Amen. <clears throat> I really do believe that. I believe you cannot outgive God. The first fruits are often given in the presence of need. When Kathy and I got married, we made up our minds that we were going to tithe. And we started tithing. And there were weeks, and I'm being honest with you, there were ten dollars five dollar tithes uh we lived in what was called the rocha villa it was called the roca villa but everybody that lived there ended up calling it the rocha villa and i think you know why it was rochy they were everywhere but we kept giving and we kept giving and we kept giving you don't tithe once and see if this isn't true you give god the first fruits of everything everything not just your money you give god the first fruits of everything And see if God doesn't move in your life redemptively. I'm not saying you buy blessings. But I'm saying you obey your way into a blessing. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. We give the first fruits before we see whether we're going to have enough. We gave the money away in the month of December. And we didn't know where the money was going to come for the building. And still don't fully. Except that I know it's going to come from God he's going to open a door because we've got so much out there in the field so you've got to give first fruits even when you don't know if you're going to have enough you give it anyway kathy and i learned 30 different ways well she did how to make hamburger helper and we were mean cooks with eggs and we had all kinds of the the um malta meal and syrup. listen we learned to just get by but we kept giving We kept giving. I told the story of Goldie Roan, a member of our church who I already mentioned is on the finance committee. When Goldie first started coming to our church, she took a bus to church. She loaded her kids on the bus and brought the bus to church. After church, walked down to the corner and got back on the bus and went home. She was a step away from a shelter and she gave me permission to share this. And I can remember Nobody would hire her, and she went through an extremely difficult time. But Goldie would tithe $5, $10, whatever the tithe was, she would do it. I can remember. And then one day she got a job, and then she began to get blessed. And do you know that that woman who took the bus to church now drives a car I can't look at because I covet it? I'm kidding, sort of. And she's about to build from ground up a brand new home. And God has blessed her. Now, am I telling you that she purchased a blessing? No. I'm telling you she obeyed her way into a blessing. Because as she gave, God redeemed the rest. God redeemed the rest. So Jesus said, give to God the things that are God's. Well, we are his, and he says, the firstfruits are mine. This is why tithing is important. And this is why I believe that God established the tithe. He doesn't need our money, but we need to acknowledge regularly that God is first in our life. And every time you tithe, you're saying, God, you are Lord and you are first. And my provision is you, not a job, not a person, not my own talent, but you. And I acknowledge it with the tithe when we give our first fruits to god he redeems the rest every time amen so let's stand together can we today amen how many of you can say i know i am his you're fully his and then the first fruits are his amen as steve comes and begins to play I'm going to ask you to bow in prayer and say, Lord, in either of those two things or even both, is there anything I need to do to line up with your will? I want to be a first fruits person. I want to give you my time, my first strength, my first thoughts, the first of my increase. And I want to give you me. Can we just take a moment to surrender to him and believe that as we do, God's going to redeem the rest. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I give you my